everyone. Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com, here for another DevOps chat. Uh, happy to have two people as our guests on this edition of DevOps Chat. I'm joined by two friends of mine from IBM, Chris Lazaro and Peter Klink. Klink. Uh, Peter, Chris, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thanks a lot, Alan. Glad to be here. Okay. Peter, why don't we start off by just giving our audience a little bit of background on, on your your position and, and, and you know who you are with at IBM. Uh, sure. I've been at IBM a while doing a lot of various development type things. But uh, you know, as we try to become a cloud company, I've become the uh, product manager for pretty much everything DevOps in the cloud. So you know, h- how we promote working, the kind of tools we're offering in the cloud, and so on. Yep. And Chris, how about you? I'm Chris Lazaro. I'm the lead architect for the Bluemix Garage Method. And the garage method is where we try to teach uh, customers how to be successful in the cloud, adopting uh, best practices for DevOps and and really act like a startup. But scale like an enterprise. Yep, yep, and meet those enterprise demands. Absolutely. So, so gentlemen, you know, obviously the cloud is not new. It was funny. I, I spoke to someone the other day, and I, they were with another large providers such as IBM, and they were getting transferred internally. And they said, well, yeah, they wanted me to go to IoT and stuff because that's where all the growth is. And I said, well, what about cloud? And he said, oh, cloud's old news already, you know. that That's not as strategic anymore. And I, I must admit I was somewhat blown away because everything I've seen says while most or the overwhelming majority of organizations have some infrastructure in the cloud, it's a relatively small amount of their total infrastructure, and the greater migration is, is certainly ahead of us. Peter, you you are, you know, DevOps in the cloud. What are you seeing? Is that true, not true? You know, the reality is um, I think most enterprises have been experimenting in the cloud, you know, doing pilots, doing some innovation projects, but the bulk of the workload in the world is still running in a more traditional infrastructure. You know, we still talk to a lot of mainframe clients. Uh, we talk to certainly a lot of on-prem data center clients. And, you know, there are kind of two things going on. You know, getting to the cloud is part of it, but I think the bigger question they ask is, you know, how do we get more efficient? Yep. You know, more developer productivity, more team productivity, um, you know, more essentially um, rapid innovation, reduce the time to feedback from our clients so that, you know, the systems we're building stay relevant, um, you know, and don't get disrupted by all these uh, you know, kind of born on the cloud kind of enterprises, which we see popping up in every industry, right? Yep. Banking, um, entertainment, you know, you name it. Yeah. And, and Chris, I mean, when we talk about like Blue Mix Garage method and stuff, there there is a certain element of that, right? Taking what these startups, these, you know, as Peter said, born in the cloud sort of startups, some of what's in their DNA and, and you know, trying to, uh, I forgot the, the word of the program we use to edit DNA now, not zipper, but whatever, trying to CRISPR. To, CRISPR. You've got it. Trying to, you know, transplant some of that DNA into these enterprises. And, and, and you know, that's what you guys spend yeah, we, a lot of your time on. We are um, trying to bring that that rate of innovation that's possible in the born on the cloud kind of startups and then teach 
teach everyone how to utilize the cloud in order to get those innovative ideas out there as quick as possible and, and reduce those barriers from going from idea to production. But like you said, there's a lot of enterprises out there with back-end systems of record or mainframes or just data that simply won't ever be able to move to the cloud. And that's why hybrid cloud is so important. Yeah. Um, but some of these new technologies like IoT and cognitive, um, you can start experimenting with those and still connect them back to your on-premise infrastructure. Yeah, and and you know what? Certainly, IBM is going to be the last company that tells you you should move off your mainframe. But you're right; people aren't going to move off their mainframe. But that doesn't mean there are some things that remain on your you know your enterprise mainframe system, and some things that you know are better off in the cloud. And you do have this sort of hybrid. You know what? Not one size fits all, and you do what's best for that individual. Uh, individual need, right? And and sometimes it is staying back in the data center. Sometimes it's it's moving up to the cloud. Peter, I think you you hit it on the head in, in saying, you know, it's all about improving productivity. It, it if it feels good and it it's better for the company, then do it. Right to paraphrase a, a 1960s thing. Um, so, you know, and of course, gentlemen, this is a big. Uh, a big, a big part of the whole Bluemix, uh, uh, not Bluemix garage method, but the Bluemix platform in general in the cloud, correct, Peter? And that is to is to make uh, developers and make developing more productive and more efficient. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough, and I think, you know, what Bluemix is has, has changed since we launched it a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and I think, you know, maybe this is just indicative of what's happening in the cloud in general, but, you know, I think, you know, we started talking about very specific, you know, kind of runtime environments, and you're going to run workload in the cloud, and, you know, it certainly is that, and, you know, Bluemix has, you know, infrastructure, or it has Cloud Foundry, it has containers, it has a serverless programming model called OpenWhisk. There's plenty of ways to run your workload in the cloud. But it's also, you know, this catalog of services you can use in your application. You know, how, how is that related to developer productivity? Well, no one's going to build um, a NoSQL database or a uh, natural language processor or a cognitive sentiment analysis or, you know, any of these types of uh, frameworks, you know, on their own anymore. No. You know, you're going to use services and you know, that's a big part of what the platform is, is this rich catalog of services to give you a leg up in, you know, building the application for your domain, you know, leveraging, you know, new interaction models, cognitive models, and, you know, IoT type um, uh, sensors and, and feedback systems. I, um, I think it's even but, more than that, Peter. Right? You, like you mentioned sure. NoSQL. Yeah, no one wants to stand their NoSQL up themselves, the whole NoSQL, you know, infrastructure up themselves. And certainly what we've seen with Mongo recently you know, we're around security issues. It, it's nice to know that you have an IPM, right? And and everything they bring in way of security, standing behind your Mongo service that that IBM has stood up for you, right? And and I think that's a big part of it. Of who can afford to really do it right? You know, I think that's something we bring to the table. I mean, if you look at our catalog, we've got. You know, open source based things. We have third party things. We have IBM, you know, homegrown things like the whole Watson 
a set of cognitive services. But yeah. you know, with them all comes, you know, a, a foundation of scale and security and global distribution. Um, you know, with points of presence around the world that you know you need an IBM scale kind of partner to deliver. Yeah, and and Chris, and so it's that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's that ability to just get get a small application or a minimum viable product up and running very, very quickly uh, using a platform as a service or a cloud, but then be, being able to scale it as required and to add those DevOps tools, the management and monitoring tools, or the um, deploy it across multiple data centers with multiple instances. So the complexity can grow as you start gaining customers and being successful with your app. You anticipated my question. That was that was exactly it, and and really that is sort of because when you look at you know how most startups operate, they don't they don't create to scale immediately, right? It, it's not build it and they come. They build it small, and as they come, they kind of build it bigger, and it just you know. And I come from that world, I should add, right? I, I spent 25 years in that world. It just seems to me to be a no-brainer to say, geez, if I can partner with someone who can bring me that instant scalability, and not just the cloud infrastructure as a service, but the whole kind of scalability that a blue mix brings to me. Geez, from a, you know, just from a DevOps perspective, that just has to make things much easier. But it's much more appealing, and it's probably much more economical. Peter, agreed? Yeah, yeah agreed. And you, you got to the DevOps point, which um, you know, is, to me, part of that whole cloud picture. You know, it's the platforms, the services, but it's also the way of working, you know, which is what the Bluemix Garage method is all about. And you know, Chris can elaborate you know, on that. But you know, it's meant to be a set of practices that you know, teams will adopt you know, potentially incrementally. You know, it's not everything will apply to everyone out of the gate. But, um, you know, it's kind of the foundation of how uh, effective DevOps teams work. And then we back that up with a set of tools that, you know, represent the kind of tools that support those practices. And, Excellent. you know, similarly, you know, everyone needs a way to, you know, a place to store their code and a way to build it and push it, you know, into a runtime on a platform like Bluemix. But, you know, let's face it, most of the world has on-prem stuff. They might be dabbling in other clouds. So it's really, a, you know, deploy multiple places often. Um, and, you know, for that, that little startup mentality, you know, maybe that's all you have, right? But as you grow, you're going to want to add, um, you know, different different kinds of testing. You're going to want to move the code through more environments to expose it to different kinds of scenarios around performance at scale and security vulnerabilities. Um, you're going to want to, you know, probably have uh, more rigorous um, change management policies about what gets allowed into production with what level of review. Uh, so when, you know, we build out the DevOps offering, you know, we're, we're providing point tools, we're partnering with point tools, but we're really focused on how they integrate together and how they can be simple for the teams that, you know, really are just starting out to kind of, I won't even say two pizza team, I'll say the one pizza teams, but then grow up with those teams and then with those whole organizations when now they're deploying, you know, multiple apps across multiple runtime environments and multiple clouds um, and, you know, manage the rigor and complexity that uh, comes along with that. Agreed. Guys, I, I, you know, we, as often happens here, our time starts getting ahead of us, but, or behind us, but I, I wanted to come back to, you know, there, there is some new news around continuous delivery on Bluemix. Um, I don't know, Peter, are you in a better 
are you the better person to to tell you share with our audience, or is it not a Chris thing? I think well, we well, let me set it. the context first, and I'll uh, and then I'll hand it off to Peter. Great. You know, there's there's two really key points here. One is, um, you know, as we look at DevOps methods and and how people define that, IBM's definition really starts with idea, and it, it's everything from going from idea to production, and then managing and scaling that up. So we start off with design thinking, and that's really important to to really get that into your DevOps process. But from there, it's all about reducing the barriers of bringing that idea into production. And you want to get rid of all the barriers and friction points. And you need uh, not just a platform that can support you, but also a set of tools that enable continuous delivery so that your developers are iterating and getting that right out into production. And that's where the continuous delivery service really helps. Peter, you want to talk about that? Sure. Um, so we just announced at the end of last year a new service in the Bluemix catalog uh, called Continuous Delivery. Uh, it focuses on a few things. Um, you know, one is the continuous integration, continuous delivery pipeline. Uh, but another is managing the set of tools and the integrations that a team is going to need to do the whole job around software delivery. Um, one thing we find in the enterprise is that you know, it's easy for a couple of folks to go off and, you know, start downloading a bunch of different tools and getting them to run somewhere and use them, like, in their little project because, uh, you know, maybe they're, they're motivated to try new stuff. But to then scale the successful patterns across the enterprise is really hard. Um, not everyone's as motivated. Not everyone wants to do the research to figure out what's going to work in their environment. So in addition to that um, continuous integration, continuous delivery pipeline, um, we have this first-class concept called tool chains, that can be captured in templates so that you can easily provision new teams onto, you know, say, a source repository and an agile planner, an issue tracker, and CI, CD patterns that, you know, have the right um, kinds of jobs and uh, environments in them. Um, to give you a way to just quickly bring new teams into this modern world of tools and um, CI pipelines, sure. So, Peter, so, can, um, if someone's interested in, in kind of toying, messing, experimenting with Blue Mix continuous delivery. Um, how can they do it? Do you have to be on Blue Mix to do it? Does it have to be on public cloud? Can Where can they get more information on sure. that? Sure. So, so you can start reading about it, um, bluemix.net slash DevOps. Uh, if you have a Bluemix account, you have everything you need to get started. Uh, if you don't, that's something you can easily create. Uh, no you know, monetary commitment. Uh, the service right now is free. Uh, I imagine it will remain free for small teams that just want to, you know, start trying it out. Um, so it is running in the public cloud. Uh, we do have something called Bluemix Dedicated, which is a single tenant right. uh, instance of Bluemix uh, for certain enterprises that uh, want that. Uh, and the service is also available there. So but, I, I you know, used to call that everyone. a private cloud. Is is that not in style anymore, Peter? I think there. I think that's fair. I think there are different ways to. Uh, I haven't you know, heard anyone use that word kind of generic. So, yeah. You know, key points here is it's it's a single tenant instance, but it's the full Bluemix stack. Got uh, it. And so our service is available that way as well. Uh, but for tire kickers, go to the public cloud, bluemix.net/slash/devops. And um, you know, if you're not quite ready for that, uh, Chris, um, garage method. Um, 
how do you get started over there? You know, we're going to come back to that a second before I lose my train of thought because it doesn't take me much. Peter, you mentioned the tool chain aspect of, of Bluemix and, and, and the continuous delivery and the stuff you're putting together. If someone is experimenting or testing the, continu- the Bluemix continuous delivery, can they add other tools to the tool chain, sort of maybe do a custom integration? Um. You know, they can. Uh, the pipeline is uh, highly customizable uh, through scripting. Uh, there's a set of um, integrations to third-party tools available, kind of no box because it's on the cloud, but virtually yep. out of the box. Um, you know, and certainly then in the applications they're building, you know, they certainly have access to all the other services in Bluemix as well. So you Got can it. do some cool stuff. Got it. Chris, let me come back to you. We, you know, we mentioned Watson earlier. And, and, you know, I remember last year at Inter- Interconnect, I was kind of blown away when I realized Watson was, like, going to be on Bluemix. And, you know, with APIs, anyone can hook into Watson. I, I met some lady who, like, in no time created a custom dating site where Watson was picking your dates for you. I mean, I'm married. It didn't do me any good. But it was still an interesting concept. But, um, Chris, when we when we talk about this Bluemix continuous delivery does it work with like Watson and some of the other services? Is that and is that something we could do like within the garage method and so forth or no? Yeah, the the continuous delivery pipeline can definitely work and deploy uh, cognitive or Watson applications. We've got a number of examples of those on the garage method site. So if you if you just Google Bluemix garage method, you'll get there. And what's really neat is that with these toolings in this platform, you can deploy an application that's making use of, you know, the giant Watson cognitive capabilities and then easily tie in uh, your own logic to that. So you you just plug into Watson as if it was a a regular service. Uh, Excellent. So we've got got those courses out there uh, that, that walk you through it. The other place to get started would be uh, at Interconnect this year. We'll be having a lot of workshops and training and sessions at the Interconnect conference. So let's talk a little bit about Interconnect. Of course, it's coming up. Uh, It's moved back a little bit this year. I I believe it's in, uh, is it late March now or, or April? No, March. Peter, Chris, you don't have the exact dates, do you? Uh, I do in a second. I want to say March uh, 20. Uh, yeah, like March 20 to 20. 20 uh, to 20. I know the 22nd is a Wednesday, and and that was a big thing. Actually, I, I'm speaking there, as a matter of fact, and I just got all my speaker kit stuff today. Um, yes, 19 through 23rd. Yes. At uh, Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. Yes. Um, so, guys, just we might as well end things off then with an interconnect question. What what are you most looking forward to this year at Interconnect? Feedback. So I always love the the expo floor and um, being able to to talk directly with the clients and get that feedback and just see see the cool things that are being developed. The other session and or, or workshop actually that I'm looking forward to is the the one around the method where attendees will actually by the end of the workshop they'll have applications up and running in Bluemix that that cover the the 
all the phases, so it, it'll have those tooling plugged in for managing the app and the continuous delivery tools as well. Got it. Peter, what about you? Yeah, just for me, it's uh, feedback. Um, last year at Interconnect, we, you know, we were certainly talking about the method and different tooling approaches, and we had some previews. But uh, it's different now that we have a service out there in the Bluemix catalog uh, with real users doing uh, real applications and solving real problems. So uh, just want to hear from them, and uh, you know, also hear. Um, you know, some more perspectives from clients and uh, other companies in the business, um, you know, about the trends they're seeing. Uh, we're sure. going to have a couple uh, good panels with, uh, you know, some of the other DevOps uh, companies. Um, so that and then clients uh, talking about the kind of apps they're building on the cloud. Uh, always fascinating. I I always enjoy talking to clients uh, as well at, uh, at Interconnect. I Great stuff. And, and I will just mention that if you really want to sit in on a great session, there is one called DevOps. It takes a village. And I'll be hosting that one. Um, I, I, I want to say it's Wednesday at 9 a.m. Um, at at uh, Mandalay Bay, but I'll put more on that at DevOps.com in the near future. Just a little personal plug, guys. I'm sorry. Um, shameless, Alan. Just shameless. Shameless plug. of me. Anyway, guys, I look forward to seeing you both at Inter Interconnect. We're actually going to probably have some DevOps.com surprises there in terms of our coverage, so maybe we'll get a chance to sit down and chat. But for now, Chris, Lazaro, Peter Clank, thanks so much for being our guest on this episode of DevOps Chats. And uh, we'll see you in well, two months or so out in Vegas, hopefully. Thanks, Sounds good. Always okay. oh, a pleasure. Okay, Chris Lazaro, IBM Bluemix Garage Method. Peter Clank, IBM uh, Bluemix and Cloud Services for DevOps. Thanks for appearing on DevOps Chats. This is Alan Schimmel of DevOps.com, hoping to see you on another DevOps Chat. <laughs>